Hey there. Thank you for joining me today on the Emerging Show podcast. Today I spoke with Simone Bow. Simone is based out of the Bahama area. She is a speaker, an author, an HR strategist, and a millennial mentor. Not only has she written one book, she has authored seven books. She was named a Caribbean woman to watch in honor of Women's History Month. She handles herself in a way that, man, confidence is her thing. And she helps bring that when she talks about her limitless life coaching and everything that she can do for people. She actually loves life. She loves her job. She loves helping people. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. If you do, I would really appreciate it if you would like, share, anywhere you like, and post as well. And then, of course, always hit the subscribe button. Thank you, and let's see what Simone has to say. Well, hello, Simone. How are you, and how was your birthday? I am fine. My birthday was uh, actually a reflective one because this was a milestone year for me. I turned 50. And so it was more about thinking about my life up to this point and my life beyond this point. And so I spent it getting a lot of well wishes, which was very, very nice. Getting so many messages on LinkedIn and Facebook and everywhere and spending time with family. So. For me, it was significant, especially in times like these. Yeah, I bet. And so, you know, I I reached out to you because your career in hospitality is just amazing. It's what you've done basically your whole life. How did you choose to get into hospitality? Well, I could say that hospitality chose me. I had no idea that hospitality was something that I wanted to do. And in actual fact, I... Um, graduated high school at a very young age. I was 15 and so I had no idea uh, what I wanted to do with my life um, career-wise. I had a very general uh, high school education and covered a lot of different subjects and so when I got to graduation I asked my father, I said, you know, what do you think I should do? And he said, why don't you try hospitality? That's exactly how I got into hospitality. <laughs> yeah. So we had um, we had a local school, um, hospitality school here in the Bahamas where I'm based. And um, that's where I did my first two years of training in, in hospitality was right there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's how a lot of people do it. They kind of, they choose it, but they kind of fall into it, you know? Correct. I think that's really the... Uh, the uh the way it really truly happens um and so you've kind of transitioned i mean you're still in hospitality but dealing with the bureau of tourism and how did that go from transitioning to resorts or hotels into something that supports resorts and hotels yeah it's it's a very different world it's a very different pace um and a whole different concept when you are now as you mentioned someone that supports someone that creates the frameworks for hospitality businesses to do well Uh, fortunate for fortunately for me that this isn't my first time working in government so that transition wasn't as hard but again it's still like shocking (laughs) right just the pace i think for me it's the pace because when you're working in a hotel everything is moving at the speed of business you know and um 
of course, being in human resources and being in training, you're always battling with just getting the time, the face time with people and making sure that we can have that hands-on feel with our staff. And so um, fortunately, working in human resources in tourism, it's now this focus of getting them to really understand the industry and understand that it's, it's more than just the movement of people and getting people to the destination, it's the experiences that they have at the destination and how that, what they do impacts that. So it's been an interesting transition, but I think it's been a good segue for me, um, career-wise and, and everything. It's, it, it feels full circle. Good. And I have to say, I mean, I've been to Jamaica twice and, you know, Caribbean islands four times. And every time I go, it's like you feel welcomed when you're there. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that must be bred in what you, you know, are grown up with, I think. Yeah, it's it's innate. I was just having mm -hmm. this conversation with someone yesterday, as a matter of fact. And they, you know, there are different schools of thought, I think, with hospitality and, and people in Caribbean islands because some people feel that it's subservient and it's menial, you know, because they only think of like two jobs right. <laughs> in hospitality. <laughs> they don't right. understand how intricate and complex it is to run a hospitality business, right? So yeah. they just think everybody's making beds and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, um, so you have people who think that it's the industry that feeds that experience that you talked about. But I was explaining to them, I said, you know, this is really who we are as a people. If you took hospitality out of it, we would still be doing hospitality. Right. Because that's what people on the islands do. You, you welcome people to your home, you feed them, you party. You know, every occasion has food and drinks involved. I mean, it, that's hospitality generally, right? I mean, yeah. so we, we just Definitely. naturally do it. So it's, it's not a hard sell. I remember working at a property where just recruiting well, we, mm -hmm. we, I shouldn't even say this, but we really didn't have to train in service. We just had to talk about our standards and what we wanted done. But as far as telling people how to serve, we didn't have to do it. The people naturally did it in their personality and the way they catered to people and asked questions and followed up. It was, it was amazing, actually. Yeah. I've never well, seen that good. before. <laughs> yeah, and and when I used to work in retail, I would hire people who used didn't matter as long as they worked in retail because they already had that ability to help a customer. I didn't need to teach them anything in that regard. So it I I kind of get that. And so, but your background, I mean, of course, like you said, human resources and training and everything has also led you to do, to be a coach and a mentor. And so, why did you decide to do that? Um, well, actually, with coaching, I, I became very interested in the process of coaching. And I have to say that I am more interested in the process and incorporating that into training and speaking rather than I am of being a one-to-one -one coach. Um, I love group coaching. Okay. And <clears throat> so I got into that because I found that I... I wanted to see people find their personal and professional transformation. And you can't do that off one type of development. You can't just sit in a class 
and miraculously walk out and you're different like <laughs> sometimes that happens if you're really really good and you know you really connect with the information but you still need there's a measure of follow-up that has to happen and I found that in HR our focus is working with managers and leaders and so I found myself spending a lot of time coaching leaders in the organizations, especially those that were struggling. You know, those that were struggling with leading their team for one reason or the other, whether that was their leadership philosophy, you know, having to transition from this almost militant, autocratic style um, to be more inclusive and democratic and, um, and focus on development rather than being so um, punitive, you know, they, it's like the leadership psyche I, I found. So as people, their staff would come in to complain, then you realize, okay, we have a problem happening here and let's mm -hmm. work with these leaders as opposed to us taking the same approach and saying, you know, oh, we got to write you up. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's find strategies to help you lead better. And so um, that was also a, a reason that I got into coaching. And so I love the aspect of questioning you know rather than giving advice and telling people what to do when you ask the right questions and you get people to self-reflect and then you set targets to move toward and hold people accountable so the process of coaching is what I really like mentoring happened because I found as well that I would get a lot of younger leaders younger professionals Mm -hmm. coming and asking me questions about how do I navigate the workplace and it's still happening um, and I think that that has been a gap that I found in my own career it's very rare to find a leader who would want to spend time with you and actually help you navigate the things that you would not find in a classroom or a textbook <laughs> mm -hmm. you know navigating the politics of an organization navigating right. um, you know power struggles and influence and, and having a voice and being able to speak up and I'm finding that that is a particular trend that I'm noticing of late um, of young leaders feeling like you know I need to to find my voice and to be able to speak up I think that there's this perception that because they're young either they have nothing to contribute or they're looked down on if they do speak up they mm -hmm. they they and so they are struggling to find that place of, hey, I'm here to make a contribution and I, I want to be respected in the same way that you want me to respect you as a leader. So I'm finding that dynamic to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've realized as a Generation Xer, that we've kind of been overlooked. Like it's, it's the conversation is only about baby boomers and millennials. <laughs> like, right. hello, we're out here. And we don't have problems with millennials. <laughs> Generation Xers don't, you know what I mean? So we can relate to them very well. And I'm finding that a lot of them do gravitate toward Xers for that kind of help. And so that's really how I got into mentorship. And I feel like I'm at that stage in my career where I want to start to see more leaders and more professionals developing and, and growing and being ready for those roles. Um, in the future. Yeah, and I think that's critically important. I know that when I came up, I actually had a mentor, and right now I have a coach that kind of helps me 
and you know as far as a business goes but i always found that in the group setting of coaching and training when you had ideas that you could bounce off other people and kind of you know take the team aspect those were the ones that you learned more from and those were the ones that you knew how to handle a problem a little bit different if you're just by yourself it kind of you struggle with it right and so yeah that's that's enormous i can see that in the industry so being in tourism though how important do you feel mentorship is in hospitality and tourism it's critical uh what i'm finding and this is one of our um, mandates right now in our human resource department is is succession you know um and <laughs> we have a lot of people who are retiring we have overseas offices where there's there's a shelf life on how long you can be in a territory and then you have to move on and so we're finding that you know if you're not mentoring along the way if you're not grooming people for these positions that can become hard to fill positions mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't realize in uh, tourism boards bureau of tourism ministry of tourism whatever you want to call that it is very technical in nature and so it's very different in some respects from hospitality mm -hmm. um, there are only a few areas that are guest facing so a lot of it deals with research and data and technology and then you have those other areas like communications and sales and marketing and, and that type of thing and so you don't just walk up on people that can just walk into those positions right and that would have an understanding of working a territory and understanding the destination and so there's so many different nuances to it that you know you need to start grooming people you can't wait until like a year out like right that it's just it's not enough time you know to to make sure that people are not only well versed in the technical aspects of the job but that they're also adequately prepared to lead other people Mm -hmm. and to lead processes so you know and I know that we have people who we promote them who are great in their job but then you know they they struggle as leaders because they yeah. haven't been properly prepared so sure. and and the training is important as you mentioned but I think that that coaching that mentoring where you can get that one-on-one -on -one, you can get um, that investment of, of time and expertise and experience I think you can't throw that away that is so important to pass those things on as well as just making sure that people are prepared for that next step and for hospitality I think it's critical and I think we are seeing that I don't know you know in your territory where you are but we're seeing people now becoming disillusioned about the hospitality industry especially now where times are volatile and people right. feel like you know i'm tired getting laid off i'm tired of getting furloughed i you know i just i want some stability and i think i want to get out yeah. so it, in order to to foster that passion for the industry and to to sell that as this is this is a, a career that you could be in in the long term um and it's sustainable and why it's important for it to be sustainable is something that you really have to mentor and coach someone through Right. And I've actually talked to a lot of people in 
hospitality in the United States who they're given a mentor through the company they work for and it's kind of like okay check back with me in a month or two and it's just not really a program awkward, that works yeah, right it's awkward and um, I, I've, yeah I've so i really seen think that. it's needed i mean it's definitely needed yeah and i think that the way you guys are doing it is without a doubt you know a good way because that follow-up on a regular basis and then like you said even selling the destination i mean we're from cleveland in the united states like people are like ha 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 cleveland you know and it's like, right okay but <laughs> you know what? we love living here so <laughs> right. um so i can sell cleveland all day long but yeah it is it's it's hard i can i mean sell the you know the bahamas and jamaica and the islands i'm sure it's not hard but it's not easy either because no. there's so many other travel destinations mm-hmm. so um so i'm gonna s- kind of cut into where can people get a hold of you um i know we met on linkedin but is that the best way for them to connect with you um yeah i'm actually very active on linkedin i i do respond to messages in my inbox and i have an email address if people want to reach me um that's my name my first name simone s-i-m-m two m's o-n-e at s-b-s leaders.com perfect and I'll definitely keep that in the show notes as well. So tell me about Purpose Push. I really love after I've watched a few of those kind of episodes and everything. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, that was another thing that I kind of fell into. It was... <laughs> <laughs> so you can see I have a very organic life. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's always good, though. <laughs> but then I, I, I kind of pull it in with intention after mm-hmm. it happens. But I... I was having, again, a conversation with a friend um, on another Caribbean island on Montserrat. And she's a very good um, journalist and social media guru. And she she puts out some really great content. And I said, you know, we should have a conversation and, and, you know, on an online platform. And we should just do something together. And that was the first purpose push. And we invited people out to come, um, professional people. And we have like a lot of micro business owners, um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. So people who have side hustles and that type of thing, or people just navigating the workplace. And so we had this conversation about, and of course we started this at the beginning of April. So this was like the first Tuesday in April. So we're just coming into the pandemic and you know, people were still like, what, what's happening? You know, and so I wanted to do something too that would encourage people and help people to stay focused on on their goals and on their life journey and course, um, which is why it's called Purpose Push to kind of help give people that that nudge to say, you know, let's stay focused, let's keep going. And so that's really where it came about. And so after we had that session that week, and it was a great conversation, I said, okay, let me invite another friend. I invited another friend and we had a conversation that night and then we're like, okay, let's keep this going. And so we've been doing this um, since, as I said, the beginning of April to now. I literally had um, another session on my birthday and um, we talked about the purpose of birthdays and how we celebrate and how those types of occasions 
cause us to reflect or get depressed and, and why that happens. And so, you know, we've, we've had a number of really great expert guests come on and the people, the little community that we've built off Purpose Push, people are really engaged. People mm -hmm. are asking questions. They feel it's been really helpful. It's been inspirational. And I can actually see where people who have platforms, that their evolution, you know, where they're really pushing, they're pushing their content out, they're, they're inspiring their audiences. And so that's really heartwarming for me. And so I'm just thinking through now, you know, just how do I continue? How do I keep moving forward? And <laughs> hey, <laughs> just keep, keep pushing, right? That's I mean, it. <laughs> it's got to be critical to, like you said, micro businesses or small businesses because they need all the help they can get. Mm -hmm. They need somebody to kind of say this might be the best way or kind of just nudge them a little bit. Um, bigger companies, of course, can have the resources, but a smaller mom and pop shop really don't. They need it. And I know here in the States, some people do really well with Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. Is that really what you're pushing them out to? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's where I'm seeing a lot of people um, on Instagram. Um, Instagram and Facebook I'm finding very important. And yeah. as professionals, I'm, I'm encouraging them also to get onto LinkedIn as well. I do that You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that it's surprising that there are people that just don't know the power of LinkedIn and and they'll you'll either have people who's like I've never heard of it I don't have a profile on there or you have people who's like oh that like okay I think I have a profile but I haven't been on it in <laughs> a year or two or whatever so you know um, getting people to understand how that platform has really evolved and if mm. you are looking to grow as a professional then that's really um, the place that you ought to be hanging out and, and yeah, there's really so much you can program. find on there. Mm -hmm. So much. I think it's so, like, even, I know the groups aren't as active as they could be, but just actually communicating and networking with people on your post, on someone else's post, and getting to know them and having a virtual cup of coffee, and, like, it just is going to help. And the fun thing about it, I've been on LinkedIn for probably 10 years, and I've actually spoken to people in Germany and Mexico and you know, I mean, all across the country, of course, but like, it's just an interesting piece that that is the way that you can build a business and people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And even if it's local, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's even better yet. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I did see one of your, I think it was the purpose push that mentioned creative ways these leaders that you're dealing with can lead multi-generational workforces. And, and I know in hospitality and tourism, you deal with that. So can you give just a few quick creative ways on how they can do that? Actually, that would have been on um, the, a virtual leadership conference that I hosted. Yes, and I held, held a panel discussion on that, um, which I think is very critical. So a few tips on leading a multi-generational workforce, I believe, is understanding those generations, first of all. Like really doing some research, not just, you know, what you may research on the internet. I think that gives you a good basis, but really understanding the people in your organization and being able to see what are the commonalities of these generations? Um, what are the differences? What are the things that's creating gaps for them 
especially in their ability to be able to um, collaborate and to perform. So I'll give you an example. One uh, young lady who's a millennial, she's 30 years old, and she she has an opportunity in financial services, you know, one of those, like, I think. Right. Actually, I think it's big, well, one of the big accounting firms, actually. Um, and so she was given an opportunity, a role, that she thought was more of a, <laughs> you know, with more responsibility, something that would challenge her professionally and so forth. And her challenge has become where she's been put on this project and has been asked to take the notes of their meetings of the project team. Okay. And so she's feeling diminished by that assignment. Right. And she feels like she's being hazed. You know, like she's mm -hmm. new and so she has to be put through the test. Right. <laughs> the test do the little success. things. Right. <laughs> right. Do these these little things, uh, you know, take the notes, get the coffee, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that type of stuff. And so she's feeling diminished. She's feeling, you know, she's new. And so she's, she's uncertain about how she should move forward. Um, she feels like the, the, one of the team leaders is, is kind of nitpicking and not mm -hmm. um, giving her the advice she needs on the work that she, the, the notes that she's actually producing for the meetings and so forth. And so when I listen to that type of thing, I, I, a couple of things to me are going on that you not only have this younger person that, that wants to learn and wants to grow, but is also coming with a level of expertise already. It may not be at the level of someone who's worked it 15 or 20 years, but right. her five years counts for something, right? Um, and then you have people who seem to be very caught up on the position that they have, maintaining that position, um, you know, their come up, you know, and my come up was a whole lot harder than yours, I'm sure, little girl. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, why do you, why do you want to, to come and push your way into our territory? And so it creates this divide to me that's unnecessary. It's a divide that's actually a bridge. Because to me, that's an opportunity for people of those various generations to communicate. Now, I know they feel that young people don't want to hear, well, when I was young, I did this. But I think if we, if, we, if we could reframe that, I think those are important conversations to have. You know? And, and I'm never afraid to have those conversations because I wouldn't want you to have a difficult time growing as a professional that I may have had. Mistakes that I would have made if somebody could have told me. Right. You know, and, and sometimes people tried to tell me and I didn't want to listen. I was that young person too. You know, but I think that opening the door, and so leaders have to be mindful as another tip here. What is the culture that you are creating in your organization for communication, for mentorship, for um, passing on information, for inclusion? You know, inclusion isn't just about, you know, races and, and um, you know, disabilities and, and all of that. It's also how we don't practice ageism right you know um yeah. and that we incorporate people and their expertise wherever they are mm -hmm. in their well and career. it's funny 
that you say that because the 30 year old while the 50 or 55 year old doesn't want to learn we've i've learned for 25 years i don't need to learn anymore and then the 30 year old comes along and is crushing it on linkedin and you know making sales that the other people didn't think they could do and somebody's going to go wait a minute can you show me how to do that so just have the conversations and honestly i've always myself whether it was my grandparents or just the gentleman sitting in the mall like i love talking to anybody and especially if they were 70 years old i'm like tell me about like the 30s or 40s or 50s right you know because it was such a different time and mm-hmm. i mean even 10 years ago to a millennial when they were 20 that's a different time than where they're at right now and so life is totally different um it's totally different and that, like that tip to actually have that communication is critical mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. so tell me one last thing because everything you've kind of mentioned is has geared around the why right and so on your youtube channel you know even everything that from mentoring to coaching to multi-generational to even diverse and inclusion you have to find your why when dealing with anybody not just you but why you want to deal with somebody so how would somebody find their why you really have to dig into i to use this expression what floats your boat right um your your passion is a part of it um and it leads you to what i call that higher purpose that that higher calling it's 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 more than a career or a job now if you're able to find that core purpose your why and express that on a job then i think that that is a real blessing for you to have but you are never limited to only your job so for me if if my purpose is to help people um millennial leaders to amplify their voice in their communities mm-hmm. then i could be at the grocery store i could be at church i could be at work i can do that anywhere so there's some key things some key elements that you have to consider to find your why and so one is you know what is that legacy that you want to leave in the world you know what what is that thing that you want to be known for that you want to be, you know, to say that this is John and this is what he's about. This is what he stands for without question. Wherever you meet him, wherever you find him, this is what John is about. Mm -hmm. And without a doubt, without a question, we know that to be true. And anybody that interacts with John knows that this is what he's about. So it's identifying that legacy, right? And your legacy could be tied to the, the pain point of the community that you're called to serve, because that's another aspect of your why. We are all called to serve a particular community or a Didn't tribe. Didn't think of it that way. Yeah, but you're true. You're right. There are certain people that are only tuned, waiting to hear your voice, mm-hmm. your message, whatever that point of your legacy is, they're waiting in the wings waiting for you to stand up and start speaking, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever it is that you're doing, right? They're waiting for you. So you are called to a, a segment of society 
And that could be people, that could be a cause, that could be animals, it could be the environment. You know, it's like whatever that that passion point is for you that, you know, that thing where you say somebody ought to do something. Whenever you say somebody ought to do something, then it's you. <laughs> You're passionate about it. It should be you. <laughs> yep. It's a great and way to look at it. Absolutely. And then one thing that actually freed me because I... As you can tell from my profile, like I like to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so I love to speak. I love to write. I love to sing. I love mentoring and coaching and training. I love HR. And so for a lot of years, I struggled with what should I really be focusing on as far as my gifts and my talent? You know, like, should I just go out there, forget everything and, and become a singer? Or should I just forget everything else and, and just write? You know, and so sometimes we get confused by our gifts and our talents. What I had to realize is that my talent is really the way that I express my why. And it's the way that I, I actually put legs to my why. This is right. how I do it. So I... If I am about empowering millennial leaders, if I use that as an example, then how do I do that? Do I mentor them, motivate them, mobilize them, right? So those right. verbs, those are the actions, and, and, and within those actions are my gifts. Yep. So That's I can awesome. motivate them through speaking, through writing. I can mobilize them through coaching and, and giving the hey you got to get a target you got to get out there you got to speak up at the next meeting you got to do this or whatever uh, or try for that next promotion however you choose to do that um, and I mentor by again mentoring investing in their life but something again that I am passionate about that I am good at yeah and Does I think that that's what sense? struggles no it's a hundred percent the more you it's ringing in my head you know because <laughs> I've actually you know working with my coach in the last four months or so really have kind of honed in on a few things that change our business model but also lead myself down a different path it's always been to help emerging leaders because that's what i did when even i was 24 i trained other people but it was never about that for me sometimes and trying to find the why for some people i think they kind of have to get out of their own way and say what am I really passionate about? And like you just said, you hit it on the head. Somebody should do something about this. And there's no better person than you, honestly. I think that was brilliant. Um, that is wonderful. Well, this has been a pleasure. I, I actually am super happy I got to talk to you. And, you know, this has been wonderful. So thank you so much. Yes, I'm honored. I was so happy that you asked and I'm always willing to talk as you can tell <laughs> but even more importantly just to, to connect with other people that are doing things that I'm passionate about is always such a pleasure and so I'm, I'm just so happy that we had this conversation thank you